Murders on the Beat, where crime writers meet crime fighters. I'm your host, Gavin Reese, and I'm proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Every episode of this podcast will bring you authors and experts to help writers of all genres incorporate more authentic cops, crimes, and criminals in their stories. For this episode, acclaimed bestseller Fiona Quinn steps into the interrogation room to clear up some things about her writing and craft. Fiona is a five-time USA bestselling author, a Kindle Scout winner, and she's been listed as an Amazon Top 100 author in Romantic Suspense, Mystery Thriller and Suspense, Mysteries, Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror. For all those adamant adherents to the adage of writing what you know, it seems that Fiona knows about nearly everything. She has degrees in history, foreign language, psychology, almost a degree in art history, and she has an MS in counseling from the Medical College of Virginia. She's also a Reiki master teacher, second degree Taekwondo black belt qualified, a certified archery instructor, and a highly accurate pistol marksman. Fiona is also involved in the search and rescue community. She's restored a shotgun house built in 1887, and she successfully trained a medical alert service dog. She's traveled the world, modeled in France, ridden camels across Egypt and elephants in Prague, and danced in both Ireland and Hawaii. Fiona's also advocated for those impacted by suicide and homicide through the court system. Her current series include the Inequus World of Books, which contains her links, Strike Force, Uncommon Enemies, Kate Hamilton Mysteries, and FBI Joint Task Force series. She also pens Urban Fantasy as Fiona Angelica Quinn for her Elemental Witch series, and, as she says, just for fun, she writes the Badge Bunny Booze Mystery Collection with Tina Glasnick. Fiona, welcome to Writers on the Beat. It's such an honor to have you here and uh, to be discussing this this new book you've got coming out called Relic. Thank you. Now, Good to be here. I, I am uh, when I was first approached to be part of this uh, Dead Silent box set release, I was incredibly flattered um, looking at the other list of authors and thinking I am the lowest man on this totem pole. <laughs> and, you know, I am really looking forward to getting through and reading all the other books that are that are in this series, especially yours. Um, what would you like readers to know about Relic? So Relic is uh, started off because I was, um, I'm in the search and rescue community and we use um, global positioning out in the woods. And I work with a woman who is a master of maps of all things. She's a um, very interesting woman. And she was talking to me about the idea of um, archaeologists using the GIS, the uh, global positioning system, mm -hmm. um, to find uh, to find ancient societies that we can't see walking around on the Earth, and um, so that intrigued me. Uh, which is the way I usually find my stories is something that sparks my curiosity. Mm -hmm. And so um, I got to look at um, that was the spark for this story was uh, what if there was a woman, um, this happens to be a, a woman from the Middle East who is working with um, a society to try to save um, relics um, mm -hmm. that are being used by ISIS. This is a true thing. ISIS uses um, uh, the uh, the contraband art to sell on the black market to help um, to help uh, 
pay for its terror. Yeah. And, um, and it was in the news at the same time that um, Hobby Lobby was being charged by the FBI for bringing in um, these, uh, these relics and putting them in their museum that wow. the owners have, have a museum. And they were charged millions of dollars for, um, for this crime. And, uh, and so I put those two pieces together, um, mm -hmm. the crime and the piece of science interest. And that's uh, where the story, the story started to unfold for me. Well, that's fantastically interesting. I absolutely love um, reality-based fiction and mm -hmm. the 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 way that you, as a writer, have to strive to balance authenticity, which is often sometimes dull and procedural, with reader expectations and, and keeping pace. And how how did you balance that out in this work? I, I find that to be. Uh, it's one of the things I put in my acknowledgments uh, where I talk to a lot of um, professionals uh, and, and to try to both understand the, 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 the structure of how things are supposed to work versus the, you know, the reality of having, you know, humans involved. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, at the end of every book, it says, you know, there are things that I had to take a step aside as an author and change them for our, for the authorial piece to that of, you know, that wouldn't have happened, but I needed it to in order for the story to work. <laughs> yes. He wouldn't have revealed himself, but I, you know, he had to, otherwise I couldn't move the story along. Um, and so there are components of that and you just have to, um, you have to try to balance it to be as, working within the framework of accuracy, um, adding in the human psychology, um, and, you know, Murphy's law mm -hmm. and, uh, which always, uh, plays a role in our books. We need it to play a role because things can never go well. Right. right and, right. um, and, and then hopefully, uh, the reader, um, who is, who is not knowledgeable has enough information that they're not bogged down by the information, but the reader who's astute or has, uh, has in-depth understanding of that subject will go, Oh, they had this right. Or, you know, it's, you know, that's not quite right, but it's close enough. And I can understand why she didn't go to all the, the details because that would have been, you know, a swamp that they got their, their foot stuck in and, which is an easy thing to do, you know, um, having the research, uh, and you've got like, you know, a hundred pages of research and you've got to synthesize it down to the sentence of, or two that will, um, it that will inform your work without making it a textbook. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I'm especially intrigued too, by the, uh, this, uh, story relic being part mm -hmm. of an uncommon enemies mystery thriller. Just the title of, of that series alone is really intriguing. Uh, thank you. The, um, so I write in the world of Iniquis and Iniquis is a, um, they're the golden boys and girls of the uh, special ops forces leave their, their trained job and go to work for this security group that um, does the things that 
the alphabets of our government want to do but can't because it would tie into the government and would cause problems. So they hire, they hire these people to go in and do, you know, the grayish kinds of stuff. Sure, sure. And um, in this particular part, so in the world, there are um, about six different series right now, and it's ever expanding where the characters go back and forth and lend their expertise to that story. Um, and in The Uncommon Enemies, uh, it's based on uh, women in science. Um, so there's uh, always um, it's their action adventure uh, romances pieces to these stories. And, um, so the, each of the heroines in this particular series have PhDs in sciences and they're, um, hard sciences. And a lot of it has to do with military science and how that gets them involved in the intrigue of, uh, people who have nefarious, um, uh, uh, ideals and wants to do harm to the world, right? So we have the women who are using their intelligence and the men who are using their special ops, and we put that together, and that's kind of fun. Now, I, knowing that you have six series in the same universe, mm -hmm. I have this mental picture of what must be your writing space in my head. <laughs> this massive wall-sized corkboard with enough red yarn to make a conspiracy theorist jealous. How That's do you keep all that like. straight? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looks like. Well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, so yeah, I do a lot of going back and checking. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I, I just do. It's just in my brain. <laughs> And I'm able to pull it out, but yeah, there, there, you know, these are complicated stories, and mm -hmm. they, um, they're, you know, I, I'm aiming for uh, people who want that complication in their storylines. There are readers who enjoy just a simple story as as a way to sit back, and other people who have who need the complication of the story in order to invest themselves in it, right? And mm -hmm. so. That's sort of my reader, the reader who who would like to go, oh, that's an interesting concept. Let me go and look and see if, you know, she wrote that accurately or whatever. Mm -hmm. I get a lot of fact checking. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's it, it's fun, but I do have to be very, very careful um, because there are the little things like the color of the people's eyes that mm -hmm. I might have mentioned, their height to, you know, what what was their background and what did they what did they do or how did that story interlace with this story? And, you know, so that's part of my rhythm is to um, go back and check and remember. And um, the, the nice part about it is most of my books are out on audio. So I can kind mm -hmm. of listen to them as I go for a jog to remember mm -hmm. what was happening and everything, but yep. Just in my head. Now I recently spoke with, uh, with Brad Taylor again about his uh, upcoming, upcoming release and he uh he and i have specifically spoken over the last couple of years about one of his characters um a young girl named amina who started out in a story three years ago that was going to be she was just going to be kind of a side character kind of a placeholder to to initiate some necessary action and mm -hmm. she ended up um as he was writing her kind of taking a much larger role and kind of winning over you know, his writer's heart. And now she's this, she's this permanent character who's 
you know, going to continue to evolve in this universe. And I wonder if in writing all of these characters and all this numerous series in the same universe, if you've had a similar experience with having intended a character to, um, to kind of start out one way and then you start writing in that character um, persuades you to, to change their story. So in my writing, I'm what I call a trailblazer. <laughs> um, so, you know, we, we talk about planters, mm -hmm. uh, plotters and pantsers and somewhere in between as a planter. But what I do is as I'm creating my story, I know that this is my story and this is where it's going to end. And these mm -hmm. are the big hot spots that I'm going to meet. And they're going to be, you know, they're on my map, but I don't know what the trail looks like. And I don't know what my characters are. Um, I, I have a basic understanding of my characters. I have their, <clears throat> excuse me, their psychology worked out, but I, you know, my characters are talking, I'm seeing the scenes in my head, they're revealing themselves to me and I allow that. And, um, and certain characters, uh, I find my readers gravitate to in a way that, you know, um, I wasn't expecting and, and that's interesting to me, but all of my characters, when I put them in, I know that they're going to have their own, their own book mm -hmm. where they're going to be the main character and they're going to get to reveal more about themselves. I know that in this book they're helping, but they're also starting to develop. Um, so, so for example, I have planned out, th you know, three years of writing in advance and I know that I'm starting to develop a CIA series that I'm not going to write for three years, but I'm slipping those CIA characters in and each book, mm. you might learn a little bit more about them, you know? And so they're starting to develop into what they're going to be as a character. And then when I write their book, I kind of have a good feel for them. Um, ready to go. Yeah. One of the things that I love about watching television episodes is the crossover where, you know, the network has, you know, characters from different series show up and, and, and combat a common enemy. And I would expect that reading your series is essentially one massive crossover experience. And I kind of feel like I'm about to take a headlong dive into your universe. Yeah. So you go in and um, it starts with a, 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 a woman. It's a psychic thriller. Um, and so you can read them as series, as an individual book, as a series or as a world. And if you read them as a world, then you get to see these people from the, so I have an FBI series and I have a, you know, a canine, um, a tactical canine series. So you can see all of the different components of the world. So if you said, if I sent a dog out with an Iniquis team, now you get to go over and see what the Iniquis canine team works how they function as a as a group or so you just get to see these different aspects and so i think of it as a family and then you can go and visit you know your uncle over there and your cousin mm -hmm. over here and you get more information about the whole um through the pieces and yeah so it should it should read like uh, when people write reviews they will often say oh, I got to visit with this character. I haven't seen him in a while. And it was really good to check in and see what was going on in their life. And so, you know, a little, uh, you know, Dickens used to write this way where you got a little piece, a little piece, or you look at a, I, I, in the olden days, I guess, back in the 80s, when I was in college, I would watch um, 
soap operas <laughs> in between classes. And it, I guess it has a little bit of that feel because you get the, um, you get a peek into the ongoing lives um, of the characters. But for example, you might see the character in their book as a love interest and as a whole person. But in this book, you only see that person in their work persona and them functioning as an operative, right? So mm -hmm. they're just in there crawling around in the mud here, but over there, they're, you know, cooking ribs and mm -hmm. talking about their childhood, you know, so. One of the things that I think has helped inform a uh, number of aspects of my own writing are, are the times that I'm able to write based on my own personal experiences. And especially one of the things I think that's been really helpful with that is writing f believable and complex fight scenes. Mm -hmm. And with your background in Taekwondo, I expect that there's been an awful lot of, uh, an awful lot of help in your writing that you're going through uh, a, the fight in your head and visualizing exactly what you would do in that situation, what you would do to counter it as the, the other adversary. Um, so here's where I am blessed. Um, when I was working on my, um, uh, I'm a second degree black belt qualified and um, so is my husband and my oldest two daughters. My, oh, wow. uh, and so um, when I do a scene, I will usually um, fight with them. <laughs> so I'll say, if I push kick you and you fly into that, where does your body land? Let me look. Mm -hmm. um, let me see how you fall. Let me, if I put you in this hole, how would you get out of it as someone who is equally capable of fighting, right? Mm -hmm. So there, you know, if I'm fighting, if I'm a, a trained fighter and you're an amateur fighter, you're probably going to break your foot pretty quickly. <laughs> you yes. know? You're going to damage yourself more than you're going to damage me. And I'm just going to let you do it. Um, but if I'm fighting someone who has um, a fighting background, it's going to be a completely different fight. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, I, uh, I might borrow someone and say, okay, if I do this, what would you do as a non-fighter? And, and they'll, you know, moving slowly and not hurting anyone. Uh, but, you know, I actually pace out a lot of things. Uh, I even do that with, you know, um, it, um, if I say intimate scenes, you know, I'll say to my husband, if you, uh, if I was here and you pushed me up against the wall, you know, where would you put your hands and how would, where would my head, I, I actually do a lot of acting it out acting and trying out. it out or going out. Um, you know, one of my books, a book called Cold Red started because I was out doing um, tactical apprehension of a, of a hidden um, figure. It was a training for um, search and rescue where mm -hmm. we were out with our rifles and walking in formation and trying to find these hiding people. And um, the person who was our subject, um, a fake subject who was for training mm -hmm. purposes, uh, ran through a swamp. <laughs> and you couldn't tell it was a swamp. So I stepped out into it and fell into the, into the swamp with my gun over my head. And, you know, and, and in that moment, I was like, this is a book. And I know mm -hmm. what the book is. You know, I know what happens. And so I pulled myself out of that swamp, knowing what it felt like to be in a storm in the freezing cold. And so this is where that came from. It, the tactical things, if you can, as a writer, do them, feel that rope, tie that knot, you know, 
run down the road and and with an awareness of where are my hands how do i feel what's my heart doing what are you know what am i thinking about and kind of put yourself into that situation I, I, to me, that's a really fun part of writing. I, yes. I like the acting out part and, and checking things. Um, and yeah, I really enjoy that. And, and I encourage you to do that uh, if you're you know, mm -hmm. physically able to do it safely. Yes. Um, one of the things that I really enjoy uh, on this show is ending with a hypothetical. Okay. And, um, now, God forbid it should come to pass. But should you wake up tomorrow and find mm -hmm. that you've been murdered, what two fictional investigators, assassins, or revenge artists would you assign your own homicide? Oh, good. <laughs> hmm, thank you. Uh, <laughs> what a horrible question. No, um, I, no, if I was doing it, I would love my... Um, my uh, character uh, Lexi Sobodo to um, take on that task because I think she would she would do an excellent job um, yeah I would pick her um, I, I think that not only would she be uh, good at solving the crime but she would be supportive of my family and mm -hmm. um, a kind person and and that's kind of what I would I would want for them closure and compassion so I, I've posed that question to about 95 authors now, and you're only the second who was concerned about making sure that the character would be compassionate to your family. Everyone oh, else, <laughs> everyone else uh, wanted uh, apprehension and revenge. <laughs> oh. So. Yeah, no, I don't care about them. I care about, yeah, my, my, my family's being mm -hmm. supported. I, 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 and I will add to that. I, you know, my, I worked in, um, as a counselor for uh, people who were involved in crimes. And um, the crime can continue on as long as there's not compassion and closure. Yes. Um, so the victimization continues. And until the family is made to feel whole, then that criminal is continuing their crime. And my end goal would be to end the crime, which means that the, that, the, that the victimization stops. And that's my feeling. So beautifully explained. Thank you. I like that. Sure. Now, where can readers uh, find you, catch up with uh, your new releases and, and start diving along with me headlong into this universe? Uh, so um, I'm at FionaQuinnBooks.com. Um, and for your uh, writers, who would like some more information. I have a blog with about 500 supporting uh, articles developed specifically for authors on how to do what your question is. Um, how do you get the um, accuracy of the data, but also the humanity of the characters? Mm -hmm. um, and that's thrillwriting.blogspot.com. So fionaquinnbooks.com and thrillwriting.blogspot.com. Fiona, it's been an absolute honor and a pleasure having you on here to share your, your expertise and your experience with us. And I'm so grateful for your time. Now, thank you so oh, much. My great pleasure. Happy day to you all. You've been listening to Writers on the Beat, where crime writers meet crime fighters, a copyrighted broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I'm your host, Gavin Reese, and this episode's guest has been Fiona Quinn.
Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Be safe out there. Thank you.